One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding go. a mic in my hands, and now I'm talking yeah, all talk. <laughs> Okay. Wow, what a curveball, huh? Oh my god. I I I contend that it is the most infuriating twist in a movie of all time. Can you even call it a twist? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I know, yeah, maybe it's not even a twist. It's it's just a middle finger to the audience. Yeah, hold on. So so all right, so we're all experiencing this the same way. Cause I didn't know I didn't know how I was supposed to process it. I mean look I've seen this movie six times before. Okay. All this right. is my sixth viewing. I'm still angry every time I watch Anthony Mays pushing buttons on this show. Uh, this is the podcast we do about bad movies. We want to do it for years. We're doing it now. If you missed our first episode, we, we, we reviewed Kangaroo Jack. Good day, USA. Yeah, that's right. The sequel to Kangaroo Jack. Uh, mean picked it up for our first episode. Today, we get to do one of my selections. So, of course, had to do a Nick Cage movie. And I went with Next, starring Nicolas Cage, Julianne Moore, and Jessica Biel. It's based on the Philip K. Dick story, The Golden Man which I mentioned that because a review is going to uh, is going to mention that uh, that we get into uh, pretty soon. It was originally made by Sony and they dropped it before it was supposed to come out and Paramount Pictures picked it up and released it five months after the original target date. Uh, if you want to watch this movie before you listen to the rest of the episode, it is available on Hulu and Amazon Prime Video. Uh, Amin, this Movie gets a 28% from critics on 130 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, 53% from the audience on over 339,000 ratings. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, see, here's the thing. And I think if, you, if you're listening to this pod and you, if you press pause to go watch the movie and you come back and hit play, you're going to agree with what I'm about to say. It starts out and you're like, this ain't so bad. Right. And 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 the funny thing is, in the group chat, me, Maze, and Zacharin, Maze literally says, actually didn't think it was that bad to start, but damn. And that's precisely uh-huh. my feelings about this movie because I remember I so I, I watched it yesterday and I hit play and I'm watching. And you know, usually when these movies are terrible, I kind of have a feel that they're gonna be terrible. I started taking notes about everything. Oh, look yeah. at this right here. And so I, I took some notes, and as the start of the movie's going, I'm like, nah, man, like, I mean, you're picking on this. This is actually, you're interested. <laughs> you're just trying to be fun right now. And I said, okay, let's just watch. And it was like, okay, I'm, it's not the best movie in the world, but no. it, it's certainly entertaining past the time. I wouldn't be like, and then not so much. And then, and then a, a, tur- a turn really hits it, um, or a middle finger, whatever we want to call it. So uh, before we get into the, the real meat and potatoes of the movie, we like to pick out a Rotten Tomatoes review. Uh, I had a hard time picking out just one, so I want to just read a couple of the blurbs they have up on there. Well, give us, give us, give us, how about this? Give us one now and one at the end. 
Okay. All right. So, uh, <laughs> wherever, however many now and however many. Yeah. Now. I'm going to say, I'm going to save the big one for the end. Uh, yeah. but, uh, so there's a couple of blurbs here, uh, from J.R. Jones of the Chicago Reader. This busy sci-fi thriller often seems like a page full of equations rendered meaningless by an early misplaced decimal point. <laughs> um, Lisa Schwarzbond of Entertainment Weekly, a schlocky mix of bad special effects and worse cage hairdos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just from Peter Howell of the Toronto Star, colossal waste of time. And that's really where I'm left. And now we can now we can get into it. I'll save more thoughts from Peter Howell uh, later on. If you're wondering about this movie, if you don't remember this movie, I guarantee everyone here between the ages of, let's say, 25 and, and 40, if you've been on the Internet, on social media at any for any amount of time, you will recognize one scene from this movie because it's a meme. Yeah. Yep. And we'll, when we get to that scene, yeah. you'll be like, ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I picked this movie because of the middle finger to the audience that happens. Uh, tell us about the tell us about the first time you saw it. The first time what? I saw it, I had the same reaction you guys did. Like, I'm like, oh, Nick Cage action movie. I love this. It's gonna be terrible. And I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, it's not good. It's not good. But like, I've seen a hundred worse movies than this. Like it's like the CGI is bad. And, uh, you know, like the first note I put down when rewatching it, uh, yesterday and today was, um, was it looks like Nick Cage's forehead got CGI treatment. Yeah. Like that's how it looks like. It's not even so much the hairpiece. It just looks like his forehead and it's not Botox. It's like, there's just some kind of special effect on his forehead. But like for the most part, you know, Julianne Moore, like, didn't she get nominated for Academy Award? Nick Cage has won an Academy Award. Like, Jessica Biel's whatever, but, like... No, no, no. Hold there's... on. Hold on. What? This is the second straight movie we've reviewed where you watch it and you say, whoa, this movie's terrible. And then you look at the cast and you're like, how did they get these people? I mean, Nick Cage, I, I, granted, he's got money problems. He'll work for anything, right? Yeah. But and this is, this is 2007. This is around the time that that's really starting to kick in. I mean, Julianne Moore... Like that's no, just ha- like this. This is what I call a summer home movie, right? Like this man. is where you had to just like, all right, I need the check for the summer home. I'll do this. Even even uh, what's with Jessica Biel? Like, uh, yeah. what was the movie that you, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry? Like, she right. was in movies that were making money. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, right. good, like not not cinematic feat. Definitely, like I don't have to take this crap, right? right. Who else was in it? There's someone else who was famous. In- Oh, Peter Fox in it. Columbo. Peter Fox, Columbo. That's right. I have it in my notes. Columbo. All right, maybe he needed to work. <laughs> yeah, this is later on in, in Peter. Is Peter Fox dead? I, I, I think know. so. He has to be at this point, right? That would be that would be an upset. Uh, if, let, me if tell you what, let me tell you what threw me for a loop for this movie. Peter Fox is dead. Okay. Uh, How right. long? When did he die? Uh, 2011 at age 83. Been a while. Well. Uh, well, damn. <laughs> so this is like literally probably the last movie he made, huh? Um, the, no, the reason why I, I'm thrown off by this is because of another movie that went straight to video that starred uh, Nicolas Cage. Have you ever seen Bad Lieutenant Port of oh, yeah. Orleans? Oh, yeah. 
like I watched it like like you like oh here we go it's gonna be a, a bad movie with Nick Cage and I watched it I was like this movie is good yeah oh did it go straight to video like st- there is no twist that movie's good it's yeah like, the movie's just flat out good flat out good and yet somehow it falls between the cracks yeah now it does. when when I started watching this movie I said maybe it's another bad lieutenant. Oh, like, yeah. Maybe, like, you know, like the whole scene about him in the casino and he's trying to escape. That's a great scene. So, all right, let's jump in. Let's jump into the meat and potatoes of this. Like, we're in Vegas. Nick Cage is a is a magician in Vegas. Named, his stage name is Frank Cadillac, which I love. Uh, Frank Cadillac. And he's someone who does, uh, does like, uh, you know, little... Hey, your your necklace is gonna fall into your drink. How did I know uh, this? You, you know? didn't explain why why his name is Frank Cadillac. I got through oh, that. He, you. he combines two things that he loves: Frankenstein and Cadillacs, yeah. which is yeah. great. Uh, yeah. Did you know <laughs> they don't? I love how they don't. They don't like. She just takes it when he explains this to the love interest, Jessica Biel. She just it, it's she never she never goes she she never. She never goes, really? Frankenstein? That's one of your favorite things? Like, that doesn't that doesn't happen at all. Well, again, um, take me into the writer's room. Right, exactly. Yeah, take stage me into the writer's name. room. What's his stage name? Yeah, I was super disappointed that his name wasn't Frank Cadillac throughout the movie and right. that his real name is Chris Johnson without an H. <laughs> Just Chris, C-R-I-S. Yeah, that's upsetting. It was so disappointing. Yesterday, when I watched this movie, I learned... That Nicholas is not spelled with an H in Nicholas. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe that's related. Oh, oh, maybe he just doesn't like the H. Maybe he doesn't include the H in any of his character names. Uh, now I got to see how Memphis Rain was spelled. <laughs> Memphis? What, what, Memphis? What an F. Yeah, maybe that's what where Chris Broussard got it from. <laughs> um, did you know that the Asian woman who goes on stage with him was his real life wife at that Dude, point? Dude, I was gonna say it kind of looked like the the woman that he just married that extorted him. Does he only marry Asians? Apparently. Good for oh, him. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what it's, I don't know what to think about that. I guess everyone's got their thing. Um, but so uh, so here's the here's a quote that he says early on in the movie. Uh, he has a superpower essentially. It's not a superhero movie. He has like this premonition power where he can oh, see. Before before we move on to the superpowers, I have one last name note here. Okay. This movie was produced, among others, by a man named Gary Goldman. And oh. all I could think about for the first 15 minutes of the movie was how many opportunities did this guy get by saying, hey, this thing's going to be produced by Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman? No, no, no. Gary Goldman. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but it's by, by that time, it's too late. He's already in the door, and he's already started his pitch. He's already he's already signed Nick Cage on. He's already signed yeah. Jim Moore on. Yeah, maybe that's Cage, how he got this. Nick Cage, now let's see. All right, Gary Oldman. Yeah, good friend of mine. Yeah, Gary yeah. Oldman. Gary Goldman produced this movie. All right. Okay, so explain to the people what Nick Cage's ability is. He can see two minutes into the future of his own experience. It, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's it like, sounds so ridiculous to say it out loud. When you put it like that, People are going to think we're crazy for having watched this movie and for any moment believe it could be good. But they pull it off. I'm <laughs> telling you. It off. They so pull they it sh- off. They sh- so, all right. He says, oh, my God. So this quote will come back later in the movie. He says, here's the thing about the future. 
Every time you look at it, it changes because you looked at it. And that changes everything. Incredible. I this mean, incredible just, explanation of how, how time works. It's, <laughs> it's exactly how time works. It might be my favorite, like, kind of time travel theory as well, uh, if we want to call it time travel, essentially. But so it, so they pull this off really well in, early in the movie by him gambling at a blackjack table, right? He's gambling, he's making money, but he's not going crazy big. He explains like he doesn't go too big because he doesn't want to get noticed. He wants to be able to still gamble there, but casino security. Casino security. Yeah, he gets noticed because they, they're like, hey, isn't that Frank Cadillac? Doesn't he have a magic show? And then they notice that, he, that he's winning all the time. And so they go after him, but he knows they're going after him because he can see, again, two minutes into the future of his own experience. And so he's able to evade them and escape security swarming him in a casino it's, wait, 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 it's pulled wait, off oh, really well you skipped you skipped over massive plot points here okay so first of all the movie actually opens with him nicholas cage at a diner at about 8 a.m drinking, yeah. drinking a martini and the note i wrote was that's not the movie they were just rolling the cameras i mean nicholas cage getting ready i mean huh? i have a, i have a note from when he's walking after his magic show with a martini down downtown vegas I said, I put, how much of this footage was just him in real life? Yeah. How much of this is the movie? <laughs> precisely, precisely. All right. So so the reason why is c- c- casino security is swarming him, at first it's they're coming to, to kind of like stop him from, from playing anymore. But as he, because he can see into the future, he sees them coming, so he gets up before they even get there, goes to cash out. As he's cashing out, he sees a guy come up, pull out a gun, because this happens in Vegas all the time, of course. <laughs> Guy sticks up the cashier window at a casino. <laughs> casino security, who's coming for Nicolas Cage, says, hey, drop the gun. Guy turns around, shoots security, and then for good measure, shoots the cashier. Yeah. I, I didn't get that part. Like, there's no, I mean, what was the cashier going to do at that point? Right. Uh, it's not like the cashier's packing. So, Nick Cage sees this, sees into the future. Casino security comes up, but that guy's coming up too. Tackles a dude before he has a chance to take the gun out of his hand, out of his pocket. Then Nicolas Cage picks up the gun. Don't ask me why again. Casino security says, drop the gun. And Nick Cage, of course, explains in the most logical way, you don't get it. That guy was about to shoot two people. Yeah. How could he know? How could, yeah. So, of course, they're like, yeah. So he drops the gun and they start chasing him. And then ensues the scene that that zach is about to describe which is i might say pretty well done it's pretty well done like it is he is uh he's timing it to walk behind people as security walks in like near the you know the slot aisle right like he's he's uh he's kind of ducking in he's pretending to play a slot he's he's uh ducking behind people like he's he's it's evading it's like watching an expert play metal gear solid like when you have to sneak around in that video game, like that is what it's like. Any kind of creep sneaking uh, mission in any video game, like it is expert level in terms of when to avoid uh, casino security. And so he finally gets to a point where he goes into a bathroom in the on the casino floor. He takes off his shirt uh, or he takes off his jacket, takes off his tuxedo shirt, throws them away. He just has a black T-shirt on. He steals a man's cap off the counter as he puts it down to like wipe his eyes or something and goes out of there. And so now he's kind of, He's kind of in a disguise, and as they keep, like, narrowing him down, he keeps just making evasive moves. He keeps changing it up. He eventually gets into a card that's not his out in valet as he sneaks out with a bridal party. 
and he drives off and he drives off in a car chase where we see him get he we see his car get hit by a train but all that was was a premonition two minutes into the future Mm. so he knows he's got to gun it when he gets to the train tracks can't just Mm. keep going that same speed evades the cops so here's my question this is all well and good. One mm-hmm. of the things that I asked myself was, okay, if I had this power, would I be able to do that? And I realized, no, because to know something is coming is very different from being able to actually react and do something about it. Yeah, I mean, he clearly has an e- expert understanding of how to judge every single scenario. Like his timing is incredible. It's all this spectacular. Stuff, right? And even when he gets attacked... Like, I can know where, when and where a punch is coming from and still probably not win a fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... He's that's gonna, like, it's like he's going to punch you now. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> I told you he's going to punch you. Or you try to dodge the ear instead of the face. You're like, ow, that hurt. Yeah. Okay, um, no, it makes me wonder. It made me wonder. I actually wrote down uh, Groundhog Day, question mark, because you think of how many lives... Bill Murray, how many days Bill Murray went through in Groundhog Day to know every little detail of every little day. Like, he has gone through every single scenario of what happens if he does this and then this. Like, how many scenarios is he going through? Well, well, here, here's the thing about Groundhog Day is that, well, maybe it is kind of like Groundhog Day. You know, I take it back. Because Groundhog Day, he kept doing it enough times that because he tried to kill himself at first, remember? Right. And so then, like, after a while, you realize that matter if you kill yourself, you're going to wake up and you're going to be alive again. So you get to – there's a lot of trial and error in Groundhog Day that uh, that you can benefit from in terms of improving that reaction time. And, uh, with this guy but – then, but then I remember the scene where he actually sees Jessica Biel in the diner and relives – approaching her and we're, yeah. we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves no, we'll no, no, that. i mean that's about that's about where we get now right like uh he essentially he goes he goes home to uh to colombo's house yeah and realizes that the fbi is closing on him by the way the fbi wants him hold, yeah. hold on hold on zach can we talk about how he lives in like a converted garage with an old man named irv <laughs> I mean, that's completely that, unexplained. We don't I know mean, if this is his father or his friends. Vegas. I don't know what you expected him to live in. I do. I do. Enjoy that's the, the most na- believable part of the movie to me. I do. The, I enjoy the nature of their relationship. <laughs> I don't. I like. I don't know where where it is. Is it? Is it a, the love of a father to a son, an uncle to a nephew? Huh? Yeah, just a, a neighbor, an, old, an older to a younger. I mean, I don't know. It Did he any- take the old man in? The old man take him in? Completely unexplained. No, no indication of what their relationship was previous to this moment where he arrives with a stolen vehicle and changes clothes. Now, now, Peter Falk dies four years later. Four years later. I'm surprised he didn't die on set. Um, <laughs> too soon. Uh, oh, my I pop- want to note about. One note about Casino. Yeah, apologies to the Falk family. Yeah. Uh, one more note about the casino security guy. Uh, that is the air marshal from another Nick Cage movie, Face Off. Con- oh, or no, Conner. Conner, 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 yeah, Conner. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. He, looked, he looked real familiar. By the way, so so you might be wondering, wait a sec, Zach. You said the FBI is closing on him. I thought it was just casino security. Well, here's the deal. The, be- the main premise of this movie, which we haven't explained, is that there's a terrorist attack about to happen in L.A. They don't really get into it all that much. It's just well, a lot of like happening with Nick Like, Cage. here's the thing. There, there's a terrorist attack that's going to happen in L.A., and they're trying to stop it. Somehow, someway, Julianne Moore uh, and her black sidekick in the <laughs> FBI... Who, <laughs> her 
black sidekick. The black sidekick. Kavanaugh. Who's he's got a name? I didn't even recognize his name. I, I just, my only note was the partner was told to be an asshole in every scene because every single scene he is sassy as fuck. Is it really sassy? I don't get what his deal is. But anyway, so Julianne Moore is the only one in the FBI who thinks that hey, this magician isn't just like some illusionist. He actually can see the future, and she's been tracking him for a while, and so they want him to help them locate where this bomb is, even though he can only see two minutes into the future, right? Um, and so uh, what ends up happening is they get my man from Casino Security, the Con Air guy, and they ask him a bunch of questions. But by the way, it says here, the whole exchange between Julianne Moore and her boss is so stock. It's like, damn it, you've got to get this. We've got lives at stake, and you want to go chase a magician? And it's the most It's stock- not... It's not great writing. Oh, it, it is so terrible. Yeah. It's a but, lot of exposition for no reason. Yes. But my, fa- my, my favorite thing about, about Casino Security Guy is as they, like, they pump him for questions about Nick Cage, he tells them, they said, okay, this never happened. And right as they're about to drive him back, he, he asks Sidekick, hey, is she single? <laughs> Which is the first of many really chauvinistic themes in this movie. <laughs> Needlessly, need, it's not even like, yo, this movie's about a guy, and it's it, they, they's like, hey man, you know what? We need to spice this up. I'm asking about the chick, the broad. Yeah, it's just a remind. It's just a, a, an occasional reminder that I think from the the screenplay writer, it's just like, by the way, guys like to fuck. Yeah, like I think that's just like that's the overall theme of of the secondary characters. Um, so we get back to he evades the he evades the FBI, and now we get back to the diner. Which apparently Nick Cage goes to every morning, eight a.m. Because the only and thing night. he's seen, the only thing he's oh, seen, yeah, that, right. the only thing he's seen in his future that is not two minutes in, ahead of his future is uh, the uh, Jessica Biel walking into this diner, and he looks at a clock in the diner, and it says eight o, right? Yeah. And so he doesn't know if it's eight o eight in the morning or it's eight o eight at night. He just knows that Jessica Biel comes in. It's the only thing he's seen further in his future. In two minutes, at which point uh, Columbo tells him, what if it's 10 years from now? You're going to keep going to the diner every day, twice a day for 10 years? And he says, I don't know, but I just know this girl, there's something about her right? that's going to be special. Which, right. again, up until this point, as ridiculous as all this stuff sounds, I'm like, whoa, okay, like this Wait. has... Not the opportunity bad. to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Like Not she's terrible. got the key to saving the world or whatever. Right. She's got something to do with it. Like maybe it's a, a Hancock situation where she's also got the pet. We don't know yet. Like we're, yes. we're just getting into her character. So they're in the di- diner. She finally walks in and he goes through all these different ways of how to approach her. All these different ways of how it's to approach shot her. shot down in every single one. None of them works. And honestly, you know what I thought about during this moment? I thought like, this happens to people in that, like, you see someone, you're like, man, I would like to talk to that person. Well, how would I approach? Would I talk about this? Would I bring this up? Do I make this icebreaker? Like, you do kind of go through those scenarios in your head. It's just he can see them. Yeah, he, he actually gets to test drive them and see how they fail. And I also like the idea that he test drove a bunch and none of them work. Yeah, there is not like, oh, I'm going I'm to cra- crack this code, right? So then her ex-boyfriend comes in. He's basically stalking her. He wants to talk. He's very aggressive. He's very hands-on. Like, he grabs her Hand, arm. Very handsy. Very, very handsy. Yeah, like a drunken senator. Just very handsy. Is, by the way, his name is Kendall. 
Kendall. <laughs> absolutely a, an abusive boyfriend's name. If, you're, yeah. if, you're, if your man's name is Kendall, give it some time. He's going to abuse you. Yep. You got to get out of that relationship yeah. now. Um, and so Kendall is is very aggressive with her. Nick Cage comes over, expertly fights him, dodges every punch, throws him around, makes a you know makes him a f- look foolish. Uh, says you got to pay for her meal. Sl- like puts him in an armbar down on the table, makes quarters come out of his nose. Oh yeah, that's like a, a nice, magic trick. Yeah, nice trick, nice touch. Yeah, uh, and she decides you two figure this out. I'm done. Ooh. I can afford my own breakfast. So this doesn't work. Oh, man, she wasn't impressed. She wasn't impressed. I mean, you know what did work? What worked? He goes through it again. This time, instead of dodging the punch, he lets Kendall punch him. He takes the punch. She says, call the cops. Kendall gets out of there. Now we have a connection. Now we have a spark. Florence Nightingale effect, man. She was just like, I feel sorry for my patient. Poor guy gets punched in the face because of Kendall and his abusive ways, and now I have to care for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, um... So, oh, I'm sorry. There's something that I, I forgot to mention earlier, which is when Julianne Moore confronts Nick Cage um, at, at his garage slash home slash love den with Peter Falk. Right. She, she basically says, hey, this is the deal. You got to help us. You got to catch this thing. Or I could just, you know, or, you know, you're wanted by casino security, Grand Theft Auto you know, uh, position of a firearm, you know, I could turn you in. And she says, uh, you know, it'd be a shame if you have to go, go to Folsom instead of helping us. Folsom is located in California. Yep. Folsom is about 20 minutes outside of Sacramento. It's a state prison in California. Mm -hmm. Why would you get sent to Folsom for a crime committed in Nevada? That's a great question. I felt like the because none right, of these are federal crimes, right? Like it's no, not no. across state lines. No, no, not at all. Uh, but anyways, I digress. Okay. So, so anyway, so uh, yeah, so so this is how he gets on Jessica Biel's good side. All right, right. and and so, but like you know what? All of this is I get it. This sure, happens. This could happen. Like, and you sit and you you have what do they, they have breakfast together? Or what do they do? No, so so what they do is is yeah he sits with her. She's very concerned about his well being. Yeah. He says he mentions that his car is oh, in the yeah. shop. He needs a ride to Flagstaff. Right. Um, Flagstaff's Arizona, right? Flagstaff is in Arizona. Yep. So he needs a ride to Flagstaff. She's headed that way, by the way, because she works for uh she works with Native American reservations. Right. She's on in the, terms she of works, teaching English. Uh no, I don't know what she teaches. Or she so, teaches something to the kids there. Yeah. She's a um. And so, and so she just happens to be headed that way. So there they go. They're on their way. They go to the reservation. Now, now she says, I'll let you ride. I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to let you ride with me unless you start acting psycho. Right. 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 And then, and then you got to go. And what does Nicolas Cage immediately start doing on the ride? Acting Acting creep. Psycho is talking about destiny and fate. What I mean, I just, like, what do you do? And like, the idea that she would just keep going on with this, like, that she was somehow intrigued by it. Here's, Come my, on. here's my question. I mean, this is what I kept thinking how many different versions of this conversation did they have? Right? Because he goes through all the scenarios. Like, what are the worst conversations they could have had? He tried to like bring up some music stuff, bring up movies he likes, bring up political views. I'm trying to figure out like how how he decided that destiny and fate were the best conversations to well, have. And even then, the, 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 like I'm surprised it, it worked its way out, right? It's just she's oh, very man. susceptible. Oh, by the way, little little tidbit, little factoid. 
the idea for her working at a Native American reservation and him being a magician, both Nick Cage's ideas. <laughs> See, these are the, this is why you listen to this pod and right. watch the movie. Like, exactly. So we so they, they go to the reservation. The kids can tell that he likes her. How? Uh, How? The way he smiles at her because he's just no, being no, a no, creep. No. Just no, no, at her. No, the line is, he likes you. It's like, oh, he's just a friend. Why do you say he likes me? Because he looks at you like my brother looks at his girlfriend. And then she looks up. And the look on his face. That's a meme, ladies and gentlemen. If you've ever seen a meme of, uh, like, uh, Jessica Biel looking up and just seeing Nicolas Cage very awkwardly, just creepily stare at Staring. With his mouth slightly open. Yeah. <laughs> That's, this is the movie where it's from. And as soon as I saw it, I felt like I saw someone that I knew in the movie. <laughs> oh! All right, so now, oh man! All right, so they keep driving more. She's gonna. She. They're down at the reservation. They're I, gonna drive him to Flagstaff. Here, here's my here's my note. I have never in my life leaned against anyone in a car to sleep. No. So they're driving now. Now he's driving. They're driving at night. He's driving, and she's sitting in the passenger seat. And she quote unquote accidentally falls asleep on his shoulder. Mind you, they're driving a Land Cruiser. It's a pretty wide car, right? Big-ass car inside. It's a, it's a huge car. Instead of leaning against the window like a normal person, she comes all the way across, avoids the stick shift, and leans on his shoulder. To be fair, I mean, it reminded me a lot of how my girlfriend sleeps in the middle of the bed as opposed to, like, at the <laughs> normal side of the bed. So, like, even if I'm all the way against the side of the bed, she's still, like, lying on top of me because she edging towards the middle and when you got a bench seat like that mm. with no separation you know maybe you just you edge over slowly you know what's funny about that it took me a while to train myself to sleep into the middle of a bed they really did that's i was always on one side that's the loneliest thing you've ever said <laughs> <laughs> well we're only on episode two i'm sure i can top it at me there's <laughs> <laughs> a single tear that just came down jack's <laughs> so <laughs> they make it because of some kind of construction and weather. Wait, no, hold on, hold on, Zach. Because he miss. tells the worst fucking story about like raining fish. How like fish eggs got sucked up into the clouds and then they hatched and it rained fish. Did you, okay. you remember okay. that story? All right, so pull oh, this closer. this out. Pull this closer. I fell asleep during this movie. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I look, That's I'm two for two. I'm watching it in my bed, and, sure. and it's like I don't like miss the movie, but it's just like there's certain moments where my eyes are closed, uh-huh. and the words are just bombarding against my ears, but they're not going inside my head. That's fair. I also yeah. fell asleep, but I uh, woke up and and picked up where I'd left off. All right. Well, so what's the story, uh, Maze? What's the that was it? He was just like he's talking about how it rained fish because fish eggs got sucked up into the clouds where they hatched, and I was just trying to think of how that's physically possible for fish Again, eggs to hatch in the sky creepy behavior it's a creepy thing to talk about it's not interesting flag. yeah for, for anyone for let alone for someone you just met right you literally just met him right if your best friend of 20 years says that story to you that's a red flag i'm creeped out yeah that's absolutely. just me so they end up at the cliffhanger motel yes why is it called that uh because it's hanging off a cliff there you go uh, it's pretty now, self-explanatory. While they're, at the, while they're at the motel, she goes into the bathroom and take a shower. Okay, that's, you know, you're sharing a room, you sure. go in the bathroom, get it done. 
She comes out of the shower, ladies and gentlemen, with just the towel inches above her knee and like hanging on for dear life to her and, and still to her chesticles covered in water and dripping wet. Yeah, like doesn't know how to use a towel and walks right out into the middle of the room. She has at best known him for seven hours. At best, at and, best. and she was and she was asleep for part of that. Asleep for part of it and has not given any signs that she is romantically interested in this man. And in all the waking moments, he's been extremely creepy. Every single moment. He's been extremely creepy, including her looking up and he's just staring at her. Ladies, when they tell you that, there, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when they tell you that there's gender inequality in Hollywood and there isn't enough representation in writers' rooms and in directors' chairs, this is exactly what they're talking about because they go from her... <laughs> Being, oh, excuse me, I didn't see you there. And him awkwardly not making eye contact. Yeah. Them full-blown sex. So here we go. Uh, the FBI informs Jessica Biel. No, oh, no, are we just skipping over the fact that they had, like, full-blown sex? Oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. The, uh, he, well, he kind of talks about his power. Is that before or after they have sex? That, no, 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 they have sex first. They have sex first, yeah. They have somehow- sex first. Somehow they connect and, and have sex. Right. And like they, this, how, somehow they connect. She came out of the shower with just a towel on. <laughs> That's true. All right. But, so this is, an important, and, this is an important place marker. Because the writers, I'm telling you, the writers are like, come on, guys, what's the connection? And some guy in the same voice that I just used, uh, c- connector, she came out the shower with just a towel on. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting ready to fuck. <laughs> that happened. Like, and and every, by the way, as we remind you, Guys like to fuck. Yes, and every guy in that room nodded, and every woman in that I'm just joking. There were no women in that room. <laughs> Clearly. All right. All right, so. Meanwhile, the FBI is outside. With the FBI the- is cased in the joint, and so are the terrorists. Hold on. Hold on. Before, before we get to the terrorists, just really quick. The FBI casing the joint with the largest set of binoculars I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you thought I was killing the Kangaroo Jack Gadea America's binoculars. They got nothing on these, man. These things are like telescopes. Yeah. Like two telescopes tied together. The the terrorists have also decided that he's the top priority. Somehow they know about him. They know. They know because they have a mole at the FBI. Oh, that's right. Right. That's why. Yeah. We find out that the terrorists are are French. Even though Speaking I believe French. they're referred to as Russian. Yes. And I'm pretty sure all those dudes are Serbian. Yes, because because at one point he says Pichka. Right? He says Pichka Madre. Like that's that's Serbian, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um and so this is important. They it's have an, sex. It's an international coalition, by the it's, way. <laughs> it's an international coalition. They have sex. He wakes up in bed next to her, and this is important. This is at forty five minutes and twenty three seconds into the movie. All right. It's an important place marker that you will find out in a little bit why that's important. So at 45 minutes and 23 seconds into this movie, he wakes up after having sex with her, and this is where it kicks off the real adventure, okay? So she goes out. Uh, the FBI lets her know, like, hey, we're, stalking, we're, we're trying to get this guy. We need you to drug him. This is what he does. This is what he's wanted for. Uh, we need you to drug him because he's seen guy. the future. Bad he's a, guy. He's a bad guy. Sociopath. She she really like yeah. plays in. And they're like, you gotta, you gotta, um, you know, you gotta wait this amount of time because he can see two minutes into the future. <laughs> and so, uh, and so after this amount of time, 
you you drop you drop this in his orange juice, you drug him, and then we'll be able to capture him. So that was okay? my question. That was my question. Isn't it always two minutes into the future? Yeah, can he just keep seeing two minutes into the future? Yeah, like it's not like it, it runs out. It's not like you can go ahead to five minutes in the future, beat him there, right? Yeah. His, everything's always two minutes. Ah, okay. Yeah, also, he'll always see the future where he passes out. It doesn't matter if he sees the future where she puts it in the drink. He'll see the future where he drinks it and passes out. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's completely pointless. First plot hole in the movie, 45 minutes. First in. one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hell of a and, run. And so she, he's about to drink the orange juice, and then she stops him. She says, I can't. And like, look, the FBI's doing this. They, they wanted me to drug you. He comes up with a plan because he can see into the future, guys. Comes up with a plan where he makes the FBI think that he's had the orange juice and sets off a plan in which he walks outside. He jumps off the cliff. They start chasing him. And then Jessica Biel sends, uh, sends her car down after him to create, uh, what I wrote down as knocks down a water tower and creates an avalanche of bad CGI. Because that's what happens. It is an avalanche of bad C- CGI of tr- uh, trucks going down, a train goes down, uh, there are logs everywhere, and this is the way for him to escape. Yeah, I think the two two of the w- most ridiculous one-liners were when he's about to kiss her, and he says, that was incredible, and she says, what was? And then he says, this, and he kisses her. What a creepy thing to say! Before they've ever kissed. That was, that was incredible. Was. And I also oh. was thinking, I was also thinking about how he can only see two minutes in the future. I guarantee you uh, he keeps it under two minutes in the, in the sack. Got to. You got to. Yeah. Because he's got to know the whole, the whole playbook. <laughs> he's got to know all his moves. Two minutes. So like every five seconds, he can see an extra five seconds in the future. Like, I don't really... Can you only see two minutes at a time? And then it's that was reset? my that was actually one of my biggest questions. I think when we were talking about the casino scene, like is he continually seeing two minutes in the future? That's confusing. And does that not take any time for him to do that? There's also another one liner where uh, when he's about to jump off the cliff, yeah. mm-hmm. Julian Moore says, "Don't do it," and he says, "I already have." And they're talking <laughs> to each other from 200 yards away. <laughs> minimum, minimum 200 yards away. <laughs> it's already done. God. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, he would have to he would have to keep it short in bed if it's only two minutes. I feel like two minutes is all he needs. I mean, it's all anyone really needs if you think about it. It's a Zach Harper special. <laughs> it's the only way to live. My notes over and over I put in. She just met him. Yeah. So I put. She just met him after the 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 laying on the shoulder in the car. She just met him after the shower scene. She just met him after having sex. She just met him after she decided I can't drug you. I can't trust the FBI on this. Yeah, I can trust this man who's been talking creepy as fuck the whole time, right? And 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 yet she trusts to send her her car. By the way. Yeah, like, this is her car. You know. <laughs> Like, hey man, like you trying to like you gonna you gonna buy me a new car after this, like, right, Mister Magic Man? He's it's, he's escaping gunfire from the from the terrorists. Yeah, he's escaping the FBI, but eventually comes face to face with Julianne Moore and has to make a decision 
on on if he's gonna let her die or well, save. Well, how does he know that that's the decision at hand? Well, he's got the premonition. You can see two minutes in the future. No, no, that's not why. He knows that's the decision at hand because she tells him, "You're gonna let me die." <laughs> Julianne Moore looks at him and says, "You're gonna let me die, huh?" That's a lot of confidence in this guy to do the right thing. Extremely, man. Yeah. And, and so, by the way, this this is another favorite thing. I don't know if we we passed it up or not. Uh, so the terrorist had been staking out some other place waiting for him. And then they intercepted a call and realized, oh, he's in Flagstaff. We got to go. So the terrorist who was at the stakeout somehow killed, he kills this stripper? I think it was a stripper. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a dead naked woman on the floor. Right. Again, why? I don't know. They, like, he could have been, he just rented out the room, but no, they had to have a dead woman there. And so right before he takes off, he takes a pill out of a prescription bottle, and then he throws a prescription bottle haphazardly by her, like, to make it seem like she overdosed, even though he cut her throat. <laughs> that's, so, how you, that's how you get an alibi. <laughs> right. So then later on, the the sassy black sidekick comes up to Julianne Moore and says, oh, we found like a bottle of an empty bottle of potassium iodide next to her, you know, maybe, she, maybe she overdosed or whatever. And Julianne Moore points out how ridiculous that is. And also says potassium iodide, the only reason to take that is for re radiation poisoning. And then right. she walks off like triumphantly and he just stands there. He's like eating. I can't remember what he's doing, but he looks at her and the look on his face is you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I realized then and there black psychic hates being assigned to Julianne Moore. Yeah, this is not a this is not a friendly partnership by any no, means. Not at all. Not at all. Even though she took him to that to Frank Cadillac show in Vegas. I mean, like. Yeah, they were at the show. They were at the show. Taking him out. Um, okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, the FBI catches him because he he does save Julianne Moore, and the terrorists catch catch Jessica Biel uh, because probably because she's carless now. Yes. Could have um, gotten and, away if it wasn't for your tremendous plan there. Nick. <laughs> So the FBI now has has Nick Cage, in, I'm sorry, Frank Cadillac, in a uh, in some kind of security bunker, like uh, armed in, forces bunker in downtown LA. In downtown LA, and they have hooked him up to where his they're opening his eyelids, they're opening his eyes, almost like a Clockwork Orange type of deal, right? Kind of. Ever watched, if you ever watched Robot Chicken, the yes. opening scene where they've got the chicken strapped in and then they've got the the hooks that force the eyes open. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever watched Undercover Brother, when they're trying to teach him all about all the white culture in as fast amount of time as possible, they have him strapped in, they have his eyelids, you know, uh, stretched open. This is exactly what happened. They did the same thing to Nicolas Cage and made him watch the news. And so, yeah, they make him watch the news to, to go into the future, in which she does say at one point, go and push that two minutes as far as you can. Maze, I think we're back to the sex talk that Amin missed, of which he probably only has sex for two minutes at a time. <laughs> uh, and so they have him watch the news to find out when this uh, this hostage situation is going, is going to get news coverage. And what we find out is that Jessica Biel is trapped on a parking structure, strapped with bombs all over her. In downtown L.A. In downtown L.A., and he sees her get detonated on the live cast. I was just, first of all, this has been her whole mission this entire time was to get him. And then she gets him, and her plan is to strap his eyelids open and make him watch the news. Mm -hmm. And then it works. It works. I was yeah, blown no, away. Look, yeah, exactly. You know, so, so was Jessica Biel. So was Jessica Biel. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he he then tricks them into letting him stop watching the news. He then uh, asks for a cigarette as they put him in a cell and does a magic trick and then starts knocking out these soldiers. Of course. Just not and just expertly, like and Van Damme level stuff. And then exits the bunker, the super secure uh, secret location bunker, exits on foot, finds out he's in downtown LA, like right in Snag Dab in the middle, and then runs on foot to the parking structure where Jessica Biel is being held uh, uh, hostage. Now, here is my favorite thing. Uh, the terrorists, obviously, as they're setting up, they know that they're going to come. So they got a guy on the roof. Or am I, am I skipping ahead here? No, you're right. They've, yeah. Yeah. They got a guy on the roof who's setting up uh, basically like a sniper position. Now, my favorite thing is he's on the roof and he's like screwing something and he's looking around very nervously, like, I hope no one sees me. He's on the roof of, like, a 30-story building. <laughs> like, I don't know who he thinks might be walking casually. Say, hey, what are you doing over there, right? Yeah, he might be on the top of the tallest building. Yeah, yeah. just, but, like, well, very that- nervously, furtively glancing from side to side. But then he gets this howitzer of a sniper rifle up. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all that nervousness, all the butterflies fly away, man. Like, you have to... <laughs> He's like Miley Cyrus in Party in the USA. <laughs> and then a Jay-Z came, song came on. <laughs> then a sniper rifle came up. Uh, and, like, this level of sniper rifle, like, you have to play Call of Duty a long time before you unlock this thing. It is really, really impressive and top-notch. And so he gets to the parking structure long before Jessica Biel is, is held hostage there. Uh, and they, they figure out they can dupe the sniper... By um, by Nick Cage dodging it, but pretending to get shot because but of pretending course. to get shot, and then but here's what here's my favorite part. Here's my favorite part as he's on this gigantic building, right? Uh, the sniper is that he thinks he's killed him. He tries to call in that he that he's he's completed the mission that he's killed Nick Cage, and can't get it because they're jamming the service, right? No no service can't make the call to let him know that he's killed him. They sneak up on him with a helicopter. Uh huh. A helicopter rises from from below the the rooftop that he's on. Everyone knows you can't hear a helicopter. If it's How loud are helicopters? You can hear them coming. from a mile away. That, not if it's coming from beneath you. Everyone knows the sound, <laughs> sound only goes down, downward. Downward, yeah, the sound goes downward. downward. Right. So, so they're coming up. You didn't hear it until it was too late. Uh, my favorite thing is the idea that he shot Nick Cage. Nick Cage falls, and he doesn't, for good measure, say because it wasn't a headshot. No. So you don't, for good measure. Pump a couple more into the the the, the perhaps lifeless, perhaps lifeful body. Yeah, but no. Just to see, right. And so I, I had this vision in my head of if he shot him with more than one bullet, he's later on doing his expense reports. <laughs> says he used three bullets. Yeah, well, I just want to make sure. Jesus, you know how much these run, huh? <laughs> what are we made of bullets? <laughs> so they then decide they figure out by using more, you know, premonitions. Uh, that they they tracked down the van that she was going to be brought Ooh. up in. Oh, you can't skip, you can't skip <laughs> two very important things. One is while he's using these premonitions, trying to figure out what what kind of van she's in, what the license plate is. Julianne Moore is doing that thing that annoys me more than anything in the world. Is when someone's doing something that you can't do, and all you do is stand right over the shoulder and say, "Can you see it?" And he stops and he says, it helps if you don't speak. And I stood up and applauded. Oh, yeah. 
I too hate people like that. Like, no, I saw it, but I'm I'm choosing just to to skip over it and look up some other things. Like, what's the end of the Infinity uh, of a uh, uh, Avengers Endgame, and right. who actually sits on the Iron Throne, right? <laughs> It was just so annoying. I was so happy that he just very quietly told her to shut the fuck up. The other thing is, they finally he sees the van and sees the van number, and then we go to the present time of them loading the van. And so they load Jessica Biel, and she's strapped with the the suicide vest on, and then they get in, and then right before the one terrorist gets in, oh. again. The writer's room full of men decided, <laughs> let's have him make out with the female terrorist. There yeah. was Now, we've seen this female terrorist multiple times. She's on the phone. She's translating. She's, right. She's she kills somebody in the parking lot. Absolutely. Like. She, she does the whole terrorist thing. Everything's cool. And then all of a sudden, we find out that her and the other terrorists are actually lovers because they make out. And by the way, they make out a little too aggressively. Very yeah. aggressively. But also, like... There's no need for it in the sense that this never comes back in the movie. And never ne- never before and never after. Yeah, it never matters. Yes. There's a lot of things that never come back in this movie and don't matter. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So by tracking down the van, they find the facility where these, these uh, terrorists are, their base, essentially. He takes this team through the facility. There are explosives everywhere. There are snipers everywhere. He manages to evade everything by going through all these different premonitions. You see CGI of him splitting off in different directions. Like they really, they really bust the budget here to do this. Um, and we can, I mean, Jesus. Can I argue with you guys on something? Okay. The CGI wasn't that bad. It's not good. I, I mean, thought just, this scene in particular was like the coolest way to express what he can actually do. Agreed. Right. Completely agreed. Uh, I remember them showing this part in the trailer. Yeah, I remember I seeing this part in the trailer. Um, I wasn't mad at it. No, mainly the bad CGI is like any time a vehicle is involved. That's when the CGI is really bad. The CGI uh, avalanche was bad. It was, was real bad, mean, especially because yeah. it, it kind of just kept going like the water tower falls into the train, which falls into the logs, and then there's right. like thousands of. Lo- it's like where? Why is there just a bunch of lumber like well, halfway down this hill? Is, is Flagstaff a big lumber industry? Oh uh, yeah, it is a lumber. Like the Northern Arizona University is the lumberjacks. It's very. Oh, okay. it's, it's very. It's up in the mountains. It's. How about that? You learn it. You learn something new every day. It's by the Grand they did Canyon. Their research. They did their research. All right, before. they knew. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> this is the part. This is where they spent the research budget. It's just one. One writer is from Flagstaff. Getting uh, Goldman, yeah. you know, getting getting out there in Flagstaff, hiking Gary the Goldman trails. Knows. Uh, Guys, the Gary Goldman is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I, by the way, I only have oh. one. I only have one note left, but I okay. want to see where you guys go. Just go, keep going. He was a writer and producer for Total Recall. Yeah, Total, he actually has a pretty decent resume. It's, okay. it's Big Trouble in Little China and oh, Total Recall. Yeah, and yeah. You, you know how, how how to get those doors open? Hmm. I got, sir, I got a call from Gary Oldman on the line. <laughs> got a movie pitch. He also uh, exec produced Minority Report. So, uh, oh, he likes the time travel stuff. Paper. Awesome time well, travel. that's all Philip K. Dick stuff, right? Total uh, K, Total Recall is Philip K. Dick, and so is Minority Report. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so we can kind of yada 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 through him saving her, right? Because the next thing that happens is they're trying to figure out where the nuclear weapon is. So they've they've busted the terrorists. They've killed the terrorists. Uh, they've saved Jessica Biel, and now they're trying to find the the nuclear weapon, which has been moved. And that's when Nick Cage says, oh, no, I made a mistake. And you see a nuclear explosion happen. 
And then he, but this is this is very sweet of him. Nuclear explosion. He covers Jessica Biel like because he's a saver, <laughs> a saver from the blast. Oh God, the, the chivalry. So you yes. say this is a this is a this is a sexist movie, right? No, this is this is a this is all about chivalry. All That's about chivalry. So you say, so, wait a sec, blast? Did he protect him? No, everybody dies. No, everyone dies. And so here's the next place marker. Remember the last one when he wakes up is at 45 minutes and 23 seconds into the movie. This one happens at one hour, 27 minutes, 23 seconds. So we have gone through 42 minutes of action and story to reveal he wakes up in the bed with Jessica Biel after they've just had sex for the first time. 42 minutes of this movie didn't happen. And my note is, then this is the last note for the movie. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, hold on. Not only did it not happen, Zach, but he saw it, which is just like, first of all, Julian Moore says, stretch the two minutes as far as you can. And he stretches it an unknown amount of time to see Liz get blown up on it's the like roof of the parking hours, lot. Right? Like, because it's 6 p.m. when that happens. Right. And then, yeah. And then now he can now he can see six hours into the future. Like, well, what? Jessica Peele heightens his powers. So once he has sex with, so basically she, having sex with her enhances his abilities. Look, I feel like it would enhance my life as well. She's very successful, but and I don't that's know. why he saw her <laughs> entering the diner. <laughs> and so my note: they fuck us. That's what it is. It's a middle finger to the audience because you know why? Because there's no closure after this. All that happens: he wakes up <laughs> yeah. instead of going through all that stuff. He walks out, talks to Julianne Moore from 200 yards away again. And base and says, "I'll go with you, but I have some conditions. The conditions are to protect Jessica Biel. She no, not even protect her. She doesn't get involved. Oh yeah, she doesn't get involved. That's a good Nick Cage. <laughs> and then he gets in the car with her, with Julianne Moore. They drive off. End of movie. <laughs> there is no payoff. There is no resolution. We don't see how they save the day. They end the fucking movie." Why Why did he, like, why was Jessica Biel special? We don't know. Because having sex with her enhances his abilities. All right. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah. What That's happened? the movie. And then, and then the one, one more thing they do to try to be clever in this movie, the credits go the opposite way. Oh, oh yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. It is. An, actually, I, I wrote down, credits scroll in reverse. Nice touch. Yeah. I, I, did, I did enjoy that. Um... Yeah, I. Yeah, that that was so okay. So so, review time. Okay. Um. Do uh, may I read my review from the the more the just the lead of the review from Peter yes. House of the Toronto Star, who, as we mentioned earlier, said colossal waste of time. Yes. So here's his lead for this review. There are times when you wished we lived in a magical world where it would be possible to communicate with the dead, in which case. It would behoove sci-fi lovers to send or to send a collective note of apology to the spinning corpse of author Philip K. Dick, atoning for yet another ham-fisted movie based on one of his stories. Yeah, Philip K. Dick is is responsible for a lot of great writing and a lot of terrible movie and TV vehicles. Yeah. By the way, Moira McDonald of the Seattle Times wrote, "Late in the movie, Chris shouts at a bad guy." I've seen every possible ending here. None of them are good for you. It's as if he's talking to the audience, and alas, he's right. 
Did, now, does anyone have? Did, were there any positive reviews? That, you know what? Let me look. At, I'm gonna look. Well, there have to be because there's 28. percent um, so I'm gonna look at the positive reviews right, now. You do that while you do that. I'm, I'm going to just bring up that I saw Nicolas Cage in Las Vegas in real life. I will do, well, Zach, you keep searching. I'm gonna tell you guys this. I was at summer league and I was walking through um, Encore, and I just walked out of our. I can't remember the name of the the place there, but I walked out of there, and you know, whenever there's like a celeb, a big celebrity walking down a hallway, there's always like a hubbub. Yeah, like that's what I've noticed in life. There's a big celebrity walking. Like I always notice first because I just and I turn around and I saw Nick Cage and he was dressed in all black and he had a cape on and he was in a group of people and you know when people walk you can see their head kind of bob up and down slightly. His didn't. He was gliding. He was gliding. Zach, I'm not bullshitting. Like he was just floating, he was floating along. I I I I can't remember who I was. Like, do you see this? He's not walking. He is floating, right? And then he went inside, and then like 15 minutes later, he came back out and he floated back out. Feet never touched the ground. I mean, I'm not making that up. That is, I'm dead serious here. I mean, it sounds like you're a subscriber to the Nicolas Cage is a vampire theory. I, I hadn't even heard. I told that story to someone. And I said, oh, these, the same thing that you just did right there. They told me he's a vampire. What? And then looked it up online and see all these things about Nicolas Cage is a vampire. I had no idea. I just said, hey, that's Nicolas Cage. Like, what? Is he, what? Why is he dressed in all black? Why does he have a cape on? Like, Wait a second. He's not walking. Uh, it's surreal. That's, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Can I, uh, I'll tell a little Nick Cage story. Um, I went to New Orleans in early February this year to go see my buddy David Borey record his Comedy Central half-hour special. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage has a famous, like, I guess a mausoleum or a crypt saved for when he dies in a New Orleans c- cemetery. I went to it. I looked at it. And I almost took a picture of it. And then I thought, and I'm, I'm dead serious on this. I thought, now nah, this moment's just for me. And I, so I didn't take a picture with it. I just stood there for about five, five minutes, maybe four minutes, like not quite that long. And uh, and then I just walked away and I thought, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. That was my thought. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's tremendous. Um, okay, so I got I got positive reviews. I one I got to send this one on Skype. Uh, let me drop this one in the notes because uh, just because you got to see the way the the website looks. Oh wow. Um, okay. So <laughs> so here's a positive one. So it's from TonyMedley.com. This is what we're calling a review. <laughs> TonyMedley.com. By the way, this was written by Tony Medley. <laughs> Suffice it to say, I'm a big Time Warp movie fan, and this is a good one. Gave it an 8 out of 10. If you could describe the way this website looks, it kind of looks like a MySpace journal. Oh, man, hold on. I can't. I, God, why can't I find how to find the chat? Yeah, the text man, is I... highlighted above the background. <laughs> It looks like he's highlighted it. Here's another note from TonyMedley.com. There are a lot of real locations that add to the romance of this film. The Grand Canyon in Arizona, the Port of Long Beach, Big Bear Lake, and Lake Arrowhead, where the mountain sequences were shot. I didn't feel like that added to the romance of the film. No? 
I did actually think that Havasu by Falls, like being in the movie, was like way too nice for this movie. I don't think a lot of places shoot at that waterfall right. in the Grand Canyon, but yeah, did it add to the romance? No. So here's a here's a romance. She had a shower, and then they fucked. <laughs> so here's a from Tyler Hanley of Palo Alto Weekly. Uh, gave it a two and a half out of four stars, which is, which counts as a positive review. Despite a distracting hairdo, Nicolas Cage delivers a solid performance in this fast-paced actioner. Scott Nash of Three Movie oh, Buffs. No, Next no, isn't no, a great movie, but I enjoyed on. it. Don't unshare, don't unshare it. Please go back, because I was just reading a line that was... <laughs> TonyMedley.com. TonyMedley.com, the, the, the last line of the... <laughs> First of all, there's, there's a couple of things. <laughs> oh, my God, did you read this whole thing? <laughs> so... He said, some terrorists, between parentheses, not Islamic, mystifyingly. <laughs> Tony, what are you doing? He got mystified. He got mystified. Well, why, why are the terrorists, terrorists with a sniper rifle? He's like, well, these aren't Islams. <laughs> He's like, what, what's going on here? What are we doing here? And like, that's, that's where he started questioning. I think at this point he goes, well, this certainly isn't getting a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Once they explode an atomic bomb somewhere in Los Angeles, within parentheses, where else? <laughs> oh my God! Oh man! So, um, you you go all the way to the end. The last sentence is that's what happens here. It's not possible to go into the story of a time war movie without ruining it for the audience. Suffice it to say that I'm a big time war movie fan, and this is a good one. April <laughs> April twenty sixth, two thousand seven. By the oh. way. Uh, if you look on here, he, uh, Tony Medley has written a book, Sweaty Palms, The Neglected Art of Being Interviewed. Now, here's the, here's the thing that's, it's literally on the cover of the book. It says over 500,000 copies in print. Oh. That doesn't say sold. Nope. This dude ordered 500,000 of his own book to be made. Wait, the art of being interviewed? <laughs> The, the neglected art of being interviewed. I, everyone thinks the onus is on the interviewer. They've got right. such a hard time. What about us? What about the us? Who, by the way, how many times has Tony Medley been interviewed? Eight, well, by the way, Tony Medley's full name is H. Anthony Medley. And here's what, under Sweaty Palms, it says, H. Anthony Medley invented, developed, and pioneered the videotape interview, conducting and videotaping thousands of interviews at major law schools nationwide for law firms around the country. Yo, hold, hold on. His other book is UCLA Basketball: The Real Story. What? <laughs> what? Because the story we all have is wrong. What? Yeah, yeah. I know what you guys think. All these national championships. Wrote, of the Bullshit. complete idiot's guide to bridge. The card game. <laughs> what? Oh, he's got more movie reviews. He's got, wait, he's got two, he's still reviewing movies in 2019. Wait, what's he got here? Okay, hold on. A Dog's he, Way Home, 9 he, out of 10. He gave Captain Marvel 3 out of 10, but he gave uh, Next 8 two, out of 10. It's he, gave, he gave A Dog's Way Home, 9 out of 10. What? Hotel yep. Spy, 10 out of 10. What did he do last year? This is good uh, now. First Man, 5 out of 10. Wait, wasn't First Man... 
nominated? Whoa, 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 go back, go back, go back. Hit back, hit back to what you were just saying. He right reviewed there. a shitload of movies in 2018. <laughs> Maze, go back. Maze, please go back. Please. Oh, fuck please. Oh, to which one? This one? Wait. The, U- the UCLA page. Where'd it go? Sports section? Oh, this? yeah. Where it says, uh, when I see that the Lakers are signing geezers, I wonder why they set the site so low. Last I checked, Bill Russell and Bill Sharman were available. And unlike Malone and Peyton, the two Bills know how to win. Wow. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the sound of a mic drop. <laughs> wow. Um, hold on. So he gave... <laughs> Jesus Christ. The, the first words you hear as a sophomore basketball player in high school are block out. When the game was still on the line, Robert Ory and Shaq failed to block out, costing at least eight points. One of the main reasons the Lakers lost was because they didn't play basic basketball. It's not they, wrong. May 17th, 2003. I think this is against the Spurs. They lost that series. Um, okay, so Mission Impossible Fallout, one of the greatest action movies of all time. He gave a 3 out of 10. Not enough time warp. <laughs> Skyscraper gave 7 out of 10. Oh, Mama Mia, Mama Mia, here we go again. 9 out of 10. <laughs> Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, 9 out of 10. Oh, I love this guy. Here's the Mamma Mia review. <laughs> Although I'm a huge fan of ABBA's music in the stage play Mamma Mia, I was greatly disappointed by the 2008 film, even though it has accrued a gross revenue of $650 million on a budget of 52. While the story was contrived and immoral, what destroyed the movie to me was the casting of Meryl Streep and Colin Firth and Pierce Brosnan, none of whom are qualified to star in a musical comedy. <sighs> Uh, he reviewed Deadpool 2. As a result, because the film was ballyhooed as a return of Meryl Streep and the others, I was not expecting much. I knew I would possibly enjoy the music, but little else. But there's great news. Meryl Streep is dead throughout the movie and only appears at the end to sing one song. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, did you like Deadpool 2? I did. I enjoyed okay. it thoroughly. Yeah, Tony Medley gave it a 1 out of 10. This film Tone. is a video game gone wild, and that's no compliment but it has young teenage boys panting in anticipation. Whether they're sophisticated enough to appreciate these films, mock the genre that so appeals to them is anybody's guess. I like how this podcast has now turned into the Tony. Wait, you know what? Let's ditch Cinephobe. It just read his shit. Yes, the Tony Metal. I really right, love so- stumbling across websites like this of these dudes who just... I mean, he hasn't updated his his, his like his website format, but he's no. still updating I, the movie you, reviews. The content <laughs> is what we're here for. Geocities. The favorite was one of the it's considered one of the best movies of of this past year, right? I right? loved it. Uh, he gave it a four out of ten. Again, he gave next an eight out of ten in two thousand seven. The favorite four out of ten. Not only is the film historically inaccurate, it's sloppy. It has the same relationship with history as Donald Duck has. Wow. I mean, what did you think of Solo, a Star Wars story? I did not like it. I didn't like it either, but he gave it a 9 out of 10. (laughs) This is... I can't wait for this pod to be over so I can go to (laughs) TonyMedley.com. We're we're literally going to like... This son of a bitch gave John Wick 2 0 out of 10? My man. You motherfucker. Hold on. Can we can we find him? How do we uh, I guess we gotta email him? 
The Complete Idiot's Guide to Bridge. He said, I wasted two entire hours sitting through it. Two hours I will never get back. Not enough time warp. Maybe if you had a time warp, maybe maybe you'd like it better. Uh, I guess we got to wrap this thing up. Yeah, we we do. I just want to end it on this. He says, uh, what's really disillusioning is that as I write this, RottenTomatoes.com has published 88 reviews with 79 positive for a rating of 91% for this despicable piece of trash. What is the world coming to? When I post my review, I guess the rating might go down to 90%. That's on John Wick 2. Good job. Um, Do you have so, any, uh, any voicemails? Any, any, anything? Did anyone well, call in? I uh, did get a couple of questions from, uh, from the Discord. Let me fire these up real quick. Oh, Tony Medley, we are going to fight someday, buddy. Are we? I, I think he's a, a gift to this world. This son of a bitch gave John Wick to it. Zero out of ten. Here's a weird like slideshow that he has of something on fire on his drive into Vegas. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I, I urge everyone after the pod, go to TonyMedley.com. So, all right, all right. Uh, this is from Care Bear or Cabrera Bear, Flat Earther. If you had Nick Cage's powers from this movie, how would you make a living? Hmm. I mean, gambling have, was gambling was pretty good. Yeah. I had to yeah. be blackjack, right? Yeah, because you can't you can't bet on any sports, right? Like, right. I did love how he said, "I only bet low amounts, so I don't attract attention," and then he immediately attracts attention. Yeah, and he's betting like two, three grand. If you look at the chips, they're all five hundred dollar chips. Yeah, he hands Irv like ten grand when he comes yeah. back. He's like, "Here, have have uh, a little piece." And then uh, another question from Rico. Is there anything you would change in this movie? Yeah, me watching it. <laughs> okay, so uh, we got a rule here. Um, verdict. Phobe or file? Oh, phobe. Very phobe, man. Uh, you know, I, 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 and by the way, I thought you liked this movie. Like, that's the, that's like, there's a point where I'm like, I can't believe that this was actually a movie that Zach likes. I here's why I like it, and I don't like it. Oh my god! Here's why I like it. I'll go file. Here's why I like it. It's because I have pushed a lot of people through podcasts and through social media to watch this movie in order to be mad because I say you will be infuriated by the twist, the turn, whatever you want to call it, right? The middle finger that comes up to us. And so I've gotten a lot of tweets over the years of, "Hey, I'm about to start next," and I always respond with, "I'll see you in 90 minutes." And then 90 minutes from now, I always get a "fuck you." I can't believe I watched that. That's why I like it. That's why I'm going file. The toughest thing about this is the expectation level. I'm tempted to give it a file. Ow! I was wow. expecting a zero. I think I got like a three. No, but but the problem is the bad part. It's not just, oh, and then the movie kind of tailed off. It's the bad part is so bad. It literally erases all the good before it. It does. It, it erases I... half the movie and, and then it just ends. I mean, it's it's a unbelievably terrible ending. Don't get me wrong. It's like well, it's an unbelievable like the, like the whole everything after the love interest stuff happens. Yeah, it goes super bad, and it could have survived it. If any of it had mattered, no, 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 it, no. I would have hated it either way. I'm sorry. Now I just thought about it. If he had if he had stopped the explosion, I would have still hated it. Yeah, maybe. Need a ruling. I'm based on what I was expecting. I'm I'm going I'm going file. 
Wow. I was expecting it to be worse. I, I Like I said, it's not as bad as knowing. Knowing was terrible yeah, from beginning to, to end. Start. Start to finish, yeah. I've never, I've never seen Noe. It's almost the same premise. It's like Very Nick Cage similar. figures out how to see the future and tries to stop it. It's yeah. pretty much the same premise, but yeah, I don't know. Based on based on what I was expecting, I'm going, I'm going file. All right. Well, thank you guys for being Patreon subscribers. Uh, thanks for supporting what we do. If you have suggestions, we got a bunch of suggestions in the Discord channel for Cinephobe. If you have suggestions on movies or questions about any of the movies we're going to watch, uh, go ahead and drop them in there, or you can tweet us. Uh, and uh, other than that... Uh, also, a couple other things. Also, remember, if you want to leave us a voicemail with a suggestion or a review or anything, 860-386-8147, call the hotline, leave us a voicemail. And... This is probably the last episode we're going to be able to do this, uh, Zach, where we can say Chicago Live Show, May 18th, Lincoln Hall. If you are in the Chicago, the greater Chicagoland area, if you're in Indianapolis, if you're in Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, all these places are driving distance. And you've always complained that we only do stuff on the coast and we never take care of the Midwest. This is your chance to come show out. Go to countthedings.com. I honestly don't even know if we have tickets available. I'm just saying this just in case. Yeah, we might have a couple left, but even then, you, if if not, hit up Jade. Jade will always Yeah, that's up. right. Jade. Yes, yes. Uh, and that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you for watching next. Uh, no, I can't thank you for that. That was that was awful. But don't worry. None of this podcast happened. Shout out to Tony Medley.